everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you're listening to Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, the podcast where we talk about all of that and then some. I am the author of Common Sense Pregnancy and Mom's Side of the Story, and if you haven't picked up your copy yet, get on that, will ya? You can get Common Sense Pregnancy on Amazon or at Target.com or BarnesandNoble.com or, you know, wherever you get your books. It's in your local bookstore, too. You can get Mom's Side of the Story over on my website, and you can start documenting your own pregnancy and birth story from your own perspective. Because really, folks, that's important because believe me, everybody on your healthcare team is writing your story for you, and you really ought to control the narrative, right? So what's going on, everybody? I'm sitting in a patch of sunshine on my patio, enjoying the last days of sun before Portland goes all rainy. In fact, yesterday and the day before, it was gray and we had some huge rainstorms and it was just a big foreshadowing of what's to come. Now, for me, the weather is a huge factor in my mood and in my productivity. I really have to gear up for a rainy season, which is, it's long around here in Portland. I have to have what my naturopath and my gynecologist both call a winter action plan. Um, fall's not so tough because there are apples and golden leaves and pulling out the sweaters and the September issue of Vogue and it's cozy and there's so much goodness that comes with this season. But the light, I miss it. I'm a July baby born in Southern California and I was raised on the beach. So sunshine is my natural climate. Yet I live here in Portland, Oregon, land of rain and drizzle. So why did we make that choice? Well, because we were young parents, much like many of you, and we wanted to buy a house and couldn't afford that in Los Angeles. And we wanted to strike out on our own and establish our own families away from, you know, the family that I had been doing a whole lot of hands-on caretaking for, for so many years. We were just ready to take a big, big leap and try raising our kids in a very different environment. And, you know, once we moved here, we loved most things about Portland, except for the months of gray weather. Um, It was cozy the first year, and it was just fine the second year. But by year three, you're realizing, oh, no, it's every year. And now, 25 years later, I still love all the same things about Portland. But I find that I miss the sun more and more every year. And it kind of makes me wonder where we'll live in the future. No clue on that because, as I said, I love Portland. I love my home. I love my proximity to my kids. I love the three kinds of berries and the cherry tree in my yard. It's all good stuff, and I love it here. Now, could the sun just cooperate more often and give us some regular rays? Maybe. Now, seriously, though, what on earth am I complaining about? Because I'm not in the path of Hurricane Dorian, which wiped out major sections of the Bahamas. You guys, you know, this breaks my heart, especially in light of what we're reading about the American response. Um, And you know what you need to do to help. Donate money to a reputable organization that's working in the area. Places like the Red Cross or Mercy Corps or Global Giving don't send clothes or toys because seriously, as much as the thought counts, it doesn't really help much during major disasters to ship a lot of used goods from the United States to a disaster site. Um, What's needed are supplies that are best provided by organizations that know what they're doing, like shelter, water, medical care, you know, that kind of stuff. 
Send money, will ya? Donate whatever you can and let the professionals do what they know how to do, which is to help people survive, stabilize, and rebuild after disasters. Okay, let's take a real, real quick break and then get back to this week's guest interview. All right, we're back. Um, Now, for the past few weeks, we've tackled some pretty big subjects, depression and anxiety and antidepressants and parenthood and pregnancy and breastfeeding and birth trauma. It's been fun, right? I know, I know. Got to talk about these things. They're really important. And for many women and, and men, parenthood is the time that makes us feel feel the most vulnerable. So we got to talk about it. And this week, we're still talking a little bit about the ways our mental health impacts our lives as women and mothers and men and parents and fathers. But this week, I wanted to start talking a little bit about self-care. I know, I know it's a catchy term. It's all over the place. And who even knows what it means beyond face masks and chocolate? Um, I think that it's something that we all have to kind of identify for ourselves, but it's something that I'm taking a whole lot more seriously than I used to. And I think that, you know, it's a bit of a privilege of being a bit older and having fewer kids in the house. I mean, really, when you're new to mothering, uh, it's self-care if you can close the bathroom door and take a poop by yourself, right? Anyway, um, what would happen? if all parents made it a priority to do the things that make them feel right, whatever that is, it could be chocolate and face masks, masks, but it, you know, could also be scheduling a weekly appointment with a therapist or checking in with your acupuncturist or finding a friend who will go for a walk with you. You know, self-care is really the deliberate stuff you do to take care of yourself it sends the message to the most important person in your life that you matter and you know you're still important and that your well-being is a big priority so today we're going to talk to a woman who took that message straight to heart during her pregnancy and wrote a book that should add a bit of lift to this long conversation we've been having about mental health um before that though i just want to mention that this is suicide awareness week September 8th to 14th. And suicide is one of the leading causes of maternal death in the United States. And it's number one in many countries. It's not just during those first challenging six weeks that we all refer to as the postpartum period either. Nope. The risks for women start during pregnancy and continue all the way through the first year. It's that postpartum safety net I talk about, right? There is so much changing for women during that first year, their bodies, their hormones, their sleep cycles, their relationships, their family dynamics, their careers, you know, what doesn't change, right? It's bound to bring the most resilient woman down a bit. And for women who struggle with mental health issues, it can be too tough to handle. Mamas, ask for help if you're struggling. All you got to do is say, I'm struggling. I need help. Dads, just because she's functioning doesn't mean she's doing well. Be there, be supportive and get her some help if she's having a hard time. And family and friends, you guys are super, super important. Don't make her ask you to help. Just step up. Just call her on the phone and say, I'm thinking about you and I want to stop by. Is now a good time? Text her and say, I've got donuts and an hour to hold the baby so you can take a nap or a shower or a walk or whatever you want. Or I can grab all your laundry and we can go 
to the grocery store, or I can drive you to get your haircut, or, you know, whatever it is, you get the idea, you know, your friend or family member, just don't put all of the burden of asking, you know, someone who is clearly having a rough time. Don't give them all the burden of asking. It's enough to say, it's, it's not enough for you to just say, I'm here if you need me, you know, because when you're in the deep, it can be too hard to know how to ask. So just be there, show up. Now, I want to give a couple of emergency numbers for anyone out there who is really feeling bad. And if you are suicidal or you know someone who is, I got a couple of, I've got some resources for you here. The National Crisis Text Line. Just text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741 from anywhere in the U.S., anytime, about any type of crisis. Okay, they're going to help you out. The other one is the National Suicide Prevention Hotline and website, and that number is 1-800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Or go to the suicidepreventionlifeline.org or call 911 or your local emergency number. Make that call and get some help. Your life matters to us. Now, Let's start talking about self-care. Quick break, and then we're going to get Michelle Gano on the line. Okay, we're back. Um, it's time for a little lift. Let's call up Michelle. Michelle is a teacher, a motivational speaker, and the author of the book, Look Beyond the Clouds. So let's get her on the line. Hi, Michelle. It's Jeannie. How are you? Hi, Jeannie. Good. How are you today? I'm doing really well. It's a really gorgeous day here in Portland, Oregon. Yesterday was gray and funky, and <clears throat> today you just couldn't ask for a brighter, clearer, more sunny, beautiful day. Where are you? So I'm in Town, New Jersey, and we're actually having one of those gray, rainy days right now. Oh, <laughs> Do you like it? Is it cozy and it feels I'm, like fall? It absolutely does. I really don't mind the rain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I um my listeners will know that I I, bre- I you know, I'm just over the moon with happiness when the sun is out in Portland, but we have a long dark rainy season and I get real real grumpy about it eventually. <laughs> Yesterday was a little cozy though. I pulled out sweaters. It was okay. It could definitely do that to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we found each other on the internet, and my very first question for everybody is this. Who are you, and what do you do? So I am Michelle Gano, and um, I have a few things going on in my life right now. So I am a teacher, and I just published um, a new book called Look Beyond the Clouds, um, which I'll talk a little bit more about. But I am also a mother to – he actually just turned five months today – so, um, so I have a lot of fun, exciting things going on in my life right now. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So, did you say he? You got a little boy? Yes, I do. Brayden. Brayden. Oh, that's a sweet name. Five months <laughs> old. So, sitting a little bit. Is he sitting? 
a little bit, yeah. We're, yeah. We definitely are rolling everywhere. That's kind of the phase we're at right now. Um, but definitely sitting up, not on his own yet, but he's on his way. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I love that stage where you get them all propped in with, you know, like couch cushions <laughs> and, and pro- you know, it's so much fun. It's so cute. And inevitably they lean, they lean, they lean and down. Yeah. And flop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And there's such good sports about it, right? You know? I know. They really are. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah. And you're a teacher. What kind of teacher? I so I teach third grade right now, and I'm in kind of like a low-income uh, school district. Uh-huh. So they, um, so I have a lot of ESL students, so that's English as a second language. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of another little challenge to um, the job, but uh-huh. I also absolutely love it. Um, it's just a great group of kids to work with. So that is what, nine years old? Eight, nine? Yes, around there. Yeah, eight to nine. Yep. What a great age. And what a great age to teach because, you know, they're getting kind of competent. They got some skills. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah, it really is the best. I've done kindergarten before and I loved that with like the creativity part. But um, but third grade is so fun because it's like they're... They're right before those middle school yeah. ages, but they're still like cute and fun to be creative with. So yeah. Fun. Yeah. I remember, you know, I, I have a bunch of kids, so I've been through third grade many times. <laughs> and <laughs> I, it's one of my favorite years just because the curriculum sort of steps up, you know, all of a sudden you're back yes. to, oh, that history. That's right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's fun. It's, it's, that's when for parents, I think that the academics just starts to get a little bit more intriguing. Yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So um, what do you do when you're not being a mom and you're not teaching? Do you do do Um, sports or anything or read or? Um, I love to read. Um, I my favorite like genre is uh, self help books and like kind of motivational books. Me too. I love them. Love them. Yeah, they. I can, I read so many during my maternity leave. I literally had like a stack of six books, and I was like, okay, one after the next. Every mm-hmm. feeding, I was just reading, so it was really fun. Yeah. But um, I do enjoy reading, and um, I just like being creative in some way. So whether it's like doing like those little adult coloring books or um, a puzzle or things like that. I really do enjoy things like that. Yeah, me too. I think we have to. Women have to reclaim the self help section because I talked to so many women who are just a little like apologetic about it. Like, mm-hmm. like women used to be saying that they would read Harlequin romances or something like that. It's like shameful. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. It is training oh, no. on how to think, live, feel, parent, be married. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's handy stuff. I mean, we read cookbooks, really we read about history, we read about how to upholster something, you know, I mean, we read all kinds of stuff, but Mm -hmm. the self-help section is really the the spot where you learn how to live. Absolutely. And how to live like positively. And that's so um, like difficult, I feel like in today's world. So it's definitely a nice um, breath of fresh air because I feel like the world gets, you get um, a clouded view but when you read those kinds of books, it's kind of like, wow, okay, I can do this or yeah, I can yeah. be this. Yeah. And that's just a nice thing to have. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and I think that our conversation is coming at a really important time for our podcast, just because we've been really talking a lot over the last several weeks about anxiety and depression and its impact on pregnancies and can you take antidepressants and, you know, all of those big, heavy, daunting subjects. And those can be really, mm -hmm. they're important things that impact at some level, I, I imagine every parent at some level, you know, but. Oh, absolutely. It's time we talk about something just a little bit lighter. So when you reached out to me about your book and about, you know, maybe you and I collaborating on this podcast episode, I originally thought that this book you described to me, well, it's for teachers. So you had to convince me just a little bit. So before we dive into your book and teaching philosophy and why it, it applies well beyond the classroom, tell me a little bit about how you see this connecting to our listeners who are primarily young parents or Pregnant women are people just looking for more information about reproductive health and parenting. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I would be happy to share that. I am one of your listeners, that age group and that, um, like the new parent and things like that. Um, and the nice thing about my book is, yes, it's for teachers, but I've had people who aren't teachers read it and they're like, wow, this can be applied to anyone. Mm -hmm. So it, it, the teaching piece is more just like some of my examples are like in the classroom, but, um, but it really is about just like developing a positive mindset overall. Mm -hmm. So that could be anyone. And the biggest thing is um, it talks about how to like overcome burnout and feeling worn out and what you can do, those daily habits that you can start to implement in your own life to have a positive mindset. So I found myself even like rereading some chapters while I was pregnant and right after she was born and just being like, okay, like this can apply to being a mom too. Like moms feel worn out, moms mm -hmm. feel burnout. So, um, so it definitely applied in both my professional life and my personal life. So that's why I was excited when um, when I had the opportunity to speak with you because I was like, oh, there's a huge connection. So oh, cool, it's fun cool. to share it with you. Yeah. So let's talk about your book. Um, let's repeat the, the title of it. I mentioned the title of the book before uh, we got you on the phone today, but let's let's give the title of your book again and then tell me about why you wrote it. Sure. So um, it's called Look Beyond the Clouds, and it um, talks about transforming your daily habits to overcome teacher burnout and find joy in teaching again. So again, all those um, little uh, concepts can be applied to your personal life as well, mm -hmm. which is nice. Um, so why I wrote it, as I told you before, I love self-help books. And every time I would read one, I would just think to myself, like, I can do this. Like, I, I have certain life experiences. I've done service trips and all these um, just concepts and the way that I think, like, I was excited to put it all together into one space. So I personally um, experienced burnout just early on in my teaching career. This is only my sixth year. And so some people say like, well, you don't even know the full extent. And I'm like, you're right. But I do know to an extent what that felt like just because I put my whole self into teaching. And so anytime you put your whole self into something, you're going to experience um, burnout at some point. And um, so I really wanted to write this book because it was – honestly, a healing process for me. One summer, I um, 
school this past summer and I was coming off from a really difficult school year and I was just saying I I need to find a way to recharge myself before September starts because I am feeling really low like hitting rock bottom here and I don't know how I'm going to show up to work every day and so I pulled myself together and I said okay what can I what can I write and I love writing so that was like a healing process to me and just putting this whole book together I was like this can help a lot of people so I just realized the power of the words that were in there and um, was just excited to kind of put it all together and share it with the world and hope that it can help someone else in whatever situation they're dealing with. All right. I love it. And, you know, so many women get super, super creative during their pregnancies or after they have their babies. And they, you know, I've talked about it a hundred times on this podcast. It's like you just got a little extra creative juice, a little extra energy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you squeeze it into something big and important like writing a book or starting a business (laughs) or, you know, it's amazing what what becoming a parent it, it makes you hustle baby it really does it does cuz especially because i was writing it while i was pregnant and mm-hmm. so i would write in the mornings from like 5 to 6 before work and then i'd go to work and to me it was like motivation mm-hmm. rather than like excuse to kind of be lazy you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. so i used it as motivation like every time he was kicking me which was quite often um <laughs> i was just like okay this is why i'm doing this like mm-hmm. i really want this to be done by the time he's here so that it doesn't get pushed aside you know i knew it was something important mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the the key message of your book it revolves around three key concepts Am I right? For developing a positive mindset set. So Mm -hmm. what are they? So the first one is the title of the book. So I'll just tell you the story of how I came to look beyond the clouds. So I was in, um, I was in an airplane one time going to one of my service trips in um, Nicaragua, I believe it was. And, um, it was a really crummy, cloudy day and just kind of like what we were explaining before. And I was in the airplane and when we pierced through the clouds, all of a sudden it was like the brightest sunshine on the other side. And I kind of was just staring out the window and I was like, oh my gosh, what a cool concept that is, that there are always going to be these dark clouds, these stormy times in our lives, but that sun is always shining beyond it. We might not see it sometimes, but it's there and it will show itself again. You just got to kind of keep going through it and keep pushing through it and just know that it is there. And so that's kind of the concept behind the title. Um, And that's like a big uh, mindset that I just keep, especially in teaching and as a mother. Um, So that's something that I'm excited to share with you. I love that. Um, what else? What's the second one? So, so the second one is, so um, on one of my service trips, I actually went volcano boarding and it was, um, it's like sleigh riding, but down um, an active volcano. Hmm. Very, very normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've lived a big life. You know, your, your typical activity on a Saturday yeah. afternoon. Um, and I am not, um, 
too big with like fitness or anything. So this was a big deal for me. Yeah, <laughs> so it would be. We, were, we went with a group and they're like, okay, so we're going to like hike up this volcano. And I'm like, yeah, great idea. That's what we're going <laughs> to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, sounds good. So, um, so when we got to the bottom, I remember just looking up um, and just seeing like this enormous size of the volcano. And I was just like, how is this going to happen? And how am I going to get to the top of this? Um, Cause I knew I wasn't like physically in like the right shape for it. And I, I just didn't know how that was going to work. And so um, I kind of just realized another one of those like aha moments that I had, I just decided like, don't look up at the, like the big picture, just look down at one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's kind of like, can apply, can be applied to anything in your life where it's like, okay, yes, you can get overwhelmed. And this kind of ties in with anxiety, um, in your own life, um, just feeling extremely overwhelmed about something and, um, feeling so small against such like a big, um, issue that you're dealing with. But if you just kind of take one step at a time, those baby steps will, get you to the top. And I just remember when I got to the top of the volcano, um, it was the most breathtaking view. It was just gorgeous. It's something I will never forget. And so I kind of just like promised myself as I was looking out at this like mountain range, volcano range, whatever it would be called. um, And I just promised myself like those baby steps led me to this view. So Mm -hmm. what else would this be like everything it could be applied to everything in my life so yes things are going to be overwhelming and big and seem too big for me sometimes but if I take those baby steps and I will reach that beautiful view um no matter what it is in your life I I often say you just do the thing that's right in front of you and then you do the next thing yeah and then and then pretty soon you've achieved your goal Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Okay, so vol- so above the clouds, volcano surfing. <laughs> What's next? Craziness. So our last one, I really like this one um, because it kind of goes with the positive mindset versus negative mindset. And this is a huge thing that I um, like harp on with my class too um, because it's just so important because – even kids don't realize and some adults don't even realize like you have the choice how you think. And so many of us don't really stop to realize that. But um, so this is called red balloon versus blue balloon. And the concept is um, picture like a large garbage bag of let's say like 20 blue balloons. And um, because they're weightless, all of them are um, moving in the same direction. They're all moving upward. And this is what happens when people are positive and work together towards a common goal. And um, now imagine a red balloon filled with water and putting that red balloon into the big bag of the blue balloons. And what's going to happen to that bag? It's going to immediately descend and rapidly too. And so that red balloon represents like the negativity that can surround you whether it's a person or just like negative feelings you have or thoughts you have that they can really weigh you down if you let them and so it's kind of just like recognizing well which balloon are you and like do you bring positivity or negativity to conversations at home at work um and just kind of thinking about 
um, your own mindset in that way. I think it's um, really good, again, to like choose. Like today, I'm going to be positive. Yes, it's rainy today, but it's okay. There are good things about that and things like that. Mm-hmm. Giving yourself pep talks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Though, though some would say, you're going to need that red balloon sometimes, though. Otherwise, all those blue balloons are going to jump out of the bag before it's their time. So yes. there's a, <laughs> you know, there's definitely a purpose for that red balloon. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just that if that red balloon is with you all the time, your blue balloons are never going to get to do their thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There needs yeah. to be a healthy balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So how do you, how do teachers and our listeners take these concepts and make them applicable? So something that I would uh, recommend like your listeners to try, um, something that I do myself is um, every day I have a post-it on my desk at work, um, but you could have it anywhere at your home or anything. And um, I jot down three good things that happened to me that day. Mm. And um, that's the dinner conversation that my husband and I have every night. Um, are three things. Um, and just to kind of remind yourself, because sometimes when you get back home and you sometimes focus on the bad things that happen and kind of like the stressors that you faced that day. And so it's kind of good to address those and recognize them, but then also kind of end with the good things. So that's like a huge thing that I would recommend um, doing and trying because it really, it's amazing how when you shift your focus, how all of a sudden you start to feel a little better too about your situation at home, at work, wherever you are. That's a really good um, thing to tr- to start doing, you know, as your child is growing up too and coming to the table. Because when you train your children to share both the good things and the bad things with you, I mean, it comes naturally to people to bitch and moan and whine and complain. It really does yes. come naturally, very <laughs> naturally. It feels good, right? Yeah, a little <laughs> venting is wonderful. I recommend yes. it. But if that becomes like your family narrative as you come to the table and you talk about, oh, that person and that student and that thing, and you just, it's a its a whining fest. And yeah. Yeah, that's no that's not fun. That's not good for you. That's not a healthy way to eat. That's not a family dynamic that you want to support. But it's easy. So when you encourage people to be mindful about it and say, "Nope, show up with three good things." People do. Mm-hmm. People do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun dinner. That's a fun dinner party. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's honestly, it's so nice. And we sometimes have friends over and we'll continue to do it and we'll tell them, okay, so this is what we do. And some of them are like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like just something that is new to them, but they go along with it. And it's really, it's fun bringing other people into it because again, not everyone does that. And so it's, um, it's a good little habit to get into. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, all about being intentional with your time and your thoughts and creating what you want instead of just kind of dithering through it, you know? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I think just another like habit to get into is um, especially like dealing with depression and anxiety and all of those things. Um, And even if you don't, um, just like certain self-care practices, like just 
figure out which ones you like and just do them and make time for them. And I feel like so many of us, especially as moms, we say like, oh, there's no time. Like, I can't find the time. Like, there's time. You just need to make the time for the things that are important. And Mm -hmm. so if self-care is important, even if it's just like a quick 10 minutes at some point doing whatever it is that calms you, it's so good to just center yourself and just bring yourself down and um, in a good way and uh, just kind of find that thing that calms you. Like even something that I do in our house is I play – like spa music, like relaxing, like instrumental music. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have, I do this in my classroom too, actually. And I play that and it just, every time, like I'll kind of like not hear it for a while, then I'll just like hear it quickly. And I'm like, ah, okay. Like everything's good. And so Mm -hmm. that's like a nice little thing that I do at home in Mm -hmm. school. Um, So it's like those little things that I'm grateful for. I was thinking, I was reading a Twitter thread last night, you know, just kind of wasting some time and having some fun. And somebody was Mm -hmm. asking a question about um, who takes daily baths. And then the replies, there were just so many replies of that is their self-care routine every day at the end of the day or from seven till eight or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They light their candles, they put in their bubble bath and they have their time to themselves in the tub and that is their ritual and they know it's going to happen and it was men and women now that that's amazing is putting so self, that. yes putting self-care first i love that yeah yeah you know and the practical thing, thing too the practical thing is though i know that there are ten thousand listeners out there right now going yeah but i have to pull all the toys out and i have to clean the tub <sighs> you're so right you're so right lay in there with the tub with no the that's not zen <laughs> that's true. okay get your lavender oil oh my gosh i love lavender essential oil that's the best yeah i know marie Kondo. we need you on this one how can we get our nightly bath and make it super easy to drag <laughs> the toys out and clean the tub there's and spark joy yeah spark some joy please <laughs> okay i'm somebody's going to email me and tell me a perfect way i remember i know this is we're going down a little rabbit hole here but i'm i'm having a memory that's okay <laughs> this there was there used to be this net thing with suction cups that you'd put on the side mm-hmm. of your bathtub and you'd shove all the toy boats and the rubber ducks and the funnels and all of that in there and and they, that seems that would seem easy right yeah yeah that worked pretty well that was a thing that worked pretty well. Yeah. All right. There's a solution for us then. We're on it now. Well, my kids are old. I kind of figured somebody would have something better now. I mean, they're not old. My kids are not <laughs> old, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be something. <laughs> well, let's get back to talking about the book. What, yes. what else do we want listeners to know? We want them to know where they can purchase the book. And what else do you want them to know? So, um, like other, um, like habits that I have, yeah, like in yeah. the book or whatever you okay. think you want listeners to know about yeah. the book. Yeah. There's one other thing that I definitely want to mention, and then we could talk about like where to find it and mm-hmm. where to find me and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I am a huge like list queen, a to-do list queen, and I know it sounds, uh, a little crazy, but I'm definitely type A. Um, but it really does help like just organize me um, where I'm, I always have like a continuous 
to-do list going, but then I organize it by like priority. And that's another huge thing that could help your listeners just, and I know it's such like a simple thing and it's like, okay, yeah, it's a to-do list, but it really does help just organize your day and just being like, okay, what are like, um, again, three things. Like if you want to pick, okay, what are my biggest three things that I need to do today? Just so at least you feel like you're like crossing things off of that list, whether yeah. it is at home or at work. And um, and don't be so hard on yourself if you don't get to everything, which I am sometimes. So I have to talk to myself <laughs> in those moments. But um, but just trying to do like as much as you can, um, but also giving yourself some grace and knowing that life is crazy and busy um, and other priorities come up too. So that definitely helps me at least. So I don't know if that would help other people too. Well, I'm not a type A personality and I can't remember actually what, what the letters signify, but if we were doing it on the grading system, I'd probably be a type B plus personality. So I have one of those lists too, but it's Mm -hmm. not organized into anything except for, a few little like I like to start my morning by writing out the date and mm-hmm. because that just makes me sort of set the intention of yep every single day counts and give it give it that little bit of intention and then I like to write down either a goal or intention or you know something I want to get out of the day overall and then yeah. the the to-do list is just a mad dash scribbling as I think of it it's a mess it's a complete mess but it mm-hmm. works for me. And at the end of the day, I can tick, 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 tick. And I've done all of this. And those things get slid over to tomorrow. And yeah, it works. Yeah, absolutely. I have yeah, all, so you have to do it works. Yeah, I have um, all kinds of scribbles and notes in the side margins. And I have codes that nobody but I know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works yeah. for you. That's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Because it does the same thing. Whether, you know, you've got a really tidy professional looking list or you've got a scribble page you are setting an intention you're putting it in writing you're proving to yourself that this is important to you and you're getting shit done Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah definitely yeah so where do people find the book so it is found on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. It's in a paperback version or a Kindle version. Um, and I just would encourage you to check it out and see if it's something that would interest you. Um, and I also have a website, uh, lookbeyondthecloud.com. And um, I have a freebie for your listeners that if they would like to go on and get that, um, it's, they can find it at lookbeyondthecloud.com slash download. Um, and that is the concept that we talked about, the three concepts. Um, of developing a positive mindset. And it is kind of like a self-reflection um, worksheet too. So I give you questions and you can kind of gauge yourself and see where you're at with um, each of those concepts. So that might be nice. And um, on Instagram and Facebook, you can find me um, at Look Beyond the Clouds community. So I'm always posting up there some positive, encouraging things. So um, yeah, so that's where you can see me. All right. Well, are you ready for our last rapid fire questions, which I'm told are kind of are kind of hard? <laughs> I absolutely am. Now I'm a little nervous, though. Okay. Okay. So, how does feminism fit into your life? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. How does feminism fit into your life? Hmm, that is a tough one. I would say that um, a topic in my book is um, mastering self-love. And so when I think of feminism, I think of 
um, how I wish that women would truly love who they are and not compare themselves to other people. So I know that's not the typical definition that people would say about feminism, but that's kind of where I tie into, um, into what I feel about that and just kind of like that self-love and um, whole concept. I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people. Okay. So how would you fill in the blank? Nobody ever told me that. Mm. Oh, this is so good for moms. Okay. Nobody told me that. Um, I, I truly remember, uh, how I felt during the birth of my son. Everyone promised me I would forget. I, I remember it. Everything. <laughs> Every live in detail. Yes. I mean, I didn't have a, um, epidural, so that could probably be it. But yeah, everyone's like, oh, you forget the pain. I'm like, no, I, I could put myself back in that moment. I, mm-hmm. I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe because it's soon after. I don't know. Sorry, that's a little much, but I know my mom's out there cannot relate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't, I don't think that you forget either. Yeah. I remember each and every one of them. Yeah. And okay. That makes me feel a little better. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, you forget it. You won't ever. I'm like, oh, no, you don't. I don't. I haven't had that experience. Yet. No, no, I haven't either. Yeah. Okay. My last question then is where are you in the world of motherhood? I am only at the beginning and I can't wait for all my future little munchkins. Mm. I, I really honestly love being a mom. I, I've wanted to be a mom forever and just prayed about it for so long. And so I'm very happy to have my first little one, but we are so excited to have another one, hopefully soon. Um, and a few more after that, hopefully. Nice. I know I'm crazy. You want a big family yeah. and you want some close together? I do. Yeah, that is that is the dream. But, you know, I don't make the plan. So yeah. <laughs> um, however it works out. But yeah, that would be the dream. I kind of planned on having a smaller family, but instead I had a big family and a lot of them are close together. <laughs> So, you oh, know, so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, however it works. I'm there were other for plans it. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michelle, this has been really a fun conversation. I've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you too. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, great. We'll talk again down the road. Okay. Sounds great. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Thanks for listening, everybody. And you can learn more about me at jeanfogner.com. You can find me on Twitter at jeanfogner. And yes, I'll spell my name. J-E-A-N-N-E-F as in Frank. A-U-L-K-N-E-R.com. Go find my website, jeanfogner.com. And my email is jean at jeanfogner.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Common Sense Pregnancy. Come find us. Help us spread the word about this good long conversation we're having. And go on over to my website and pick up your book. Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics is produced by Alex Ford at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. Bye, everybody. We'll talk next week. Hey, guys. We're Sarah and Matthew Bivens, hosts of the Doing It at Home podcast, a show dedicated to empowering stories and resources around home birth. Our mission is to normalize home birth and encourage mamas and families to be educated, supported, and empowered by their birth choices, whatever they are. You can find the podcast in Apple, Google, Stitcher, the Pod Network, 
and on our website, diahpodcast.com. <laughs>